All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. Hello, ladies. Well, hello. Hello. Hello, Johanna. How hey, are Lynn. you? Hello, Mary. Hello, Lynn. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? Fantastic. How are you, Lynn? Good. Well, everyone, welcome to Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. Absolutely. Where we're going to tell you things you didn't need to know. And Lynn's hair looks amazing. Always. Every day. I love it. She's like America's next top model. It's two orgasm hair. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wishing to have hair like hers, too. <laughs> this is why we don't. <laughs> Speechless. She still has nothing. <laughs> and the look on her face. Moving right along now. Yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna drink. I'm Mary Swartz. I'm Hannah Green. And I'm a very happy, satisfied wife. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Woo! To the, to the man who shall never be named. Alrighty then. <laughs> She's hey, still making those little bob faces. <laughs> hey, Lynn, do you have a fact of the day for us? I actually do, funny enough. That's how you Thank get good you hair. <laughs> uh, it snows in the Sahara Desert. What? In 1979, there was a half an hour snowstorm. You don't often see it because of the low precipitation, but it gets cold enough to snow. So yeah, there's just the right thing. It can snow in the Sahara Desert. Oh my God. Wow. Well, <clears throat> here's my fact of the day. It's possible to fail at murder, assassination, and suicide all on the same day. Okay, so... I might have done that yesterday. I really? didn't commit murder, didn't assassinate anybody, and I'm still here, so I didn't commit suicide. But did but you did try? Because you, you, in order to fail, you have to try. Oh, no, I didn't. I'm not a trier. I fail at trying. So in 1914, a man was sent to kill Archduke Franz Ferdinand. So first, the guy throws a bomb. The dude who went to kill yes. Archduke. Okay. However, he misses. He he misses with the bomb. How do you miss with a bomb? How do you throw a bomb? I didn't know. With your hand. With your I hand. I didn't know that the people threw bombs. Slingshot. I I can only tell you what this says, okay? So he hasn't murdered them, and murder and assassination are like, if you assassinate someone, you've murdered them. Right. Okay? Okay. So then the guy tries to kill I'd himself. I'd really like to know what happened to the bomb. So then the guy tries to kill himself, swallows a cyanide pill, throws himself in the river. That should do it. Only the cyanide pill, he actually vomited it back up. And the river was only five inches deep. That's not a river. Complete fail. Oh, my God. That is too funny. Okay. You remember back on the other episode, on the other podcast, I did the story about the Creature Mansion and, yeah. and the mob hit that it took, like, three guys, like, five attempts to kill some dude? They might have been related to this guy. Okay. Oh All right. We can go another direction. All right. Did you know that the actual assassin was 
assassination of him led to World War One. Oh, of of Archduke Ferdinand. Yeah. No, I did not know that. No. Yes. Yes, I knew I'd heard something about his assassination. I was like, his assassination. So he did get assassinated. Big, big deal. He did. In the end, he did. He was like shot. Because bombs don't work. Yeah, apparently. Wow. Okay. All right. A wildlife technician, Richard Thomas, took that famous tongue twister. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Oh, excellent. And he calculated a rough estimate of what the answer would be. And it came out to be at 700 pounds. Oh, so the answer is 700 pounds. In his lifetime. I, I don't know if it's in his lifetime or not. So really it's not... How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? A woodchuck would chuck as much wood as a woodchuck could chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood. It's a woodchuck would chuck 700 pounds if a woodchuck could chuck wood. Do you feel better now? Yes. Now that you've out-rhymed us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even joining in on that. Can't even go there. Clearly, I haven't had enough to drink yet. I can still rhyme. All right. I didn't know that was one of the um, the tests for, for... being drunk. Yes, but, it is. You know, if you're a cop, you pull them over and you're like, here, repeat after me. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck a woodchuck could chuck wood? I would have a harder time if it was the Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Apparently not. If I was drunk, I'm saying. Okay. All right. I have a tidbit for you. Do you does Lynn have a fact for us? She already gave us a fact. I did. It snows in the Sahara Desert. Oh, you were right. amazed okay. by it. It I was, was so amazing. Me. You forgot it. You're right. Sorry. All right. Oscar Mayer, you know? Yes. They make bologna. They make hot dogs. Well, now they make... I bologna has a first name. It's M-E-Y-E-R. No, it's O-S-C-A-R. Yeah, I don't... bologna has a second name. It's M-E-Y-E-R. Oh, I love to eat it every day. And if you ask me why, I'll say... Because Oscar Mayer has a way with B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Well, I'm not editing any of that out. <laughs> you know what's really funny is that um, that song, my first year of teaching, the principal came down on celebrating birthdays in school because we were taking too much time in the classroom, so we could not celebrate birthdays anymore. So whenever it was a student's birthday, I would say, we're not going to celebrate your birthday because we can't. The principal said so. We're just going to celebrate how wonderful I noticed you walked into the classroom today. And to celebrate, because we can't sing the birthday song, I, I taught him that song. And I would sing oh, my God. You sang the baloney song. Yes, we did. And the kids thought it was the funniest thing. It was like our way to rebel against the man. I like it. Okay. I like it too. Yeah, All right. So, well, Oscar Mayer, Oscar Mayer has also rebelled. They no longer produce just hot dogs and bologna. Oscar Mayer has now given us the hot dog flavored popsicle complete with a drizzle of mustard. Oh, God. Stop. Whoa. I think take the beers from last week over this one. That's, that's, oh, no. Oh, that is so gross. They are calling it a cold dog. Oh, It has a smoky flavor. It gives off that umami note of Oscar Mayer wieners. No. Yup. It, no. uh, it originated from Oscar Mayer's Stupid or Genius Instagram campaign, 
which set out to find all the wonderfully odd ways to enjoy the iconic wiener aside from just grilling it. Just because you can does not mean you should. You should. They teamed up with Pop Bar, a company known for their gelato on a stick, to make it happen. And they said, after the overwhelming fan excitement for our beloved cold dog, it was a no-brainer to make this hot dog-inspired frozen pop a reality. Oh, really? I think, yeah, no brains were involved. Uh, so it was available only while supplies lasted, so you may no longer be able to find it. Oh, sadness. Uh-huh. At select pop bar locations in Long Beach, California, New York City, Atlanta, Georgia, and New Orleans. Yep. So there you go. That is wrong Nasty. on a whole lot of... Well, if that wasn't wrong enough for you, earlier this year in 2022, Oscar Mayer released a bologna-inspired face mask. They were not made of actual bologna. Oh, thank God. But they were designed to resemble slices of deli meat, including the color for your face. Why? That is like, oh. Oh. <laughs> Okay. All right. <clears throat> Let's move on. German customs officials say that a trail of slime led them to a stash of almost 100 giant African land snails and other items that were hidden inside bags at Dusseldorf Airport. What? In a statement, authorities said officials stumbled over one of the snails on a baggage truck. Initially thought it was a toy and so it started moving. Then they followed the trail left by the 8-inch snail. That's not a little snail. No. No, if you've ever seen pictures of them, they're very large. They found a bag with a hole in it, with another snail already peeping out of it, possibly preparing to make a dash for freedom. In total, officials found six bags containing 93 giant snails, 62 found pounds of fish, and smoked meat, and a suitcase full of rotting stuff. Ugh. All of it had been imported from Nigeria and were destined for an African goods store in western Germany. The snails were handed to a rescue an animal rescue serv service in Dusseldorf, and the meat was destroyed. Oh. They saved the snails, though. That was very nice. They saved the snails. Yes, but part of me just wonders what was rotting and if it was alive before it was put in, and that makes me very sad and distressed. Should we undistress you real quick? Yes, please undistress me. An outdoor showing of the film 101 Dalmatians in England broke a Guinness World Record. Did they bring real Dalmatians? When 127 dogs attended the showing. Aw, that's so wholesome. Rachel Marie, who's only 23, runs a dog boarding service. She organized the, the event at the Herdeswell Leisure Center. Um, she wanted to get 200 dogs, but they still broke the record with 127. The previous record was set in 2019 in Brazil when 120 dogs attended a showing of The Secret Life of Pets 2. The event raised $634 for the dog rescue charity. Aw, that's cute. Yeah. Wow. All yeah. Right. How sweet. Yeah. Well, ladies, are we ready for a story? Always. Always. Yes. We're gonna We're going to stay with the theme of animals okay. that Mary has started for us. Giant snails, dogs. And Wally. Hot dogs. Wally. We're going to talk about Wally. Is he frozen? No, Wally okay. is not frozen. Okay. Is he a walrus? No, he's not a walrus. So if I had a walrus, a pet walrus, I'd name him Wally. She'd keep him in his bathtub, in her bathtub. She would. All right. Emotional support animals. Just Do you think a walrus would be an emotional support animal? 
anything can be as long as it gives you emotional support can and you, makes you a happier person when you're around it. Can you take them into Walmart? Well, just the phrase emotional support animal tends to elicit strong responses from people. There is a great divide among people. Those who think it's a wonderful and life-changing idea and those who view it as nothing more than an excuse for entitled people who think that the rules should not apply to their spoiled pets, allowing them to be brought anywhere the people want to bring them. That would be me. Emotional support animal rules and regulations vary widely from location to location, and there seems to be very little consistency. A few facts that apply consistently here in the U.S. from my research are these. Now, mind you, just because these are the rules that apply doesn't mean they're enforced or followed. An ESA is a pet and is not a service animal. To legally be considered an ESA, the pet needs to be prescribed by a licensed mental health professional to a person with a disabling mental illness. So that does not mean by law that just because your dog makes you happy, you can take it anywhere you want. Oh, damn it. A therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist must determine that the presence of the animal is needed for the mental health of the patient. They are not afforded the same rights as a service animal, and therefore, they may not be allowed to go anywhere they want. A letter from a mental health provider can prescribe an ESA under the law, but that does not change their legal status. Airlines are not required to allow an ESA onto a flight. An ESA is not recognized nor protected by the American Disabilities Act. The only real allowance that I have found when it comes to an ESA is that the Fair Housing Act has something in it. The Fair Housing Act includes ESAs in its definition of assistance animals. Under the act, people cannot be discriminated against due to a disability when obtaining housing. Rules such as pet bans or restrictions are waived for people who have a prescription for an ESA. And they cannot be charged a pet deposit for having their ESA live with them. Now, sadly, there are a whole bunch of websites online where you can quote unquote register your animal is an ESA with no real oversight or requirements. Of course. The one thing that many people who don't do their research fail to realize is that even if you have registered it online, without a letter from a mental health provider, your landlord or HOA still has every right to deny your claimed emotional support animal registered or not. Good. Now, enough about the legalities and the politics, because as you know, if you spend any time listening to either one of our podcasts, people love to believe that the rules don't apply to them. No way. I think we would have a lot less to talk about if they did. Before you move on to that, I just want to point out, because I saw somebody do this. They were in my house when they did this. Um, I was watching an animal for someone, and the only place they could afford said no pets. And so... They went online and they found an online therapist, talked to them for, I would say, five minutes and got their letter. Yep. Yep. And I think they gave $50. So it's not like yep. it's hard or you can't. No. You don't have to leave your house. You no. can't. No, get you don't. People. And then frequently, in my opinion, the landlord is the one that's going to suffer because yep. there's a reason they don't want animals in that house. And it 
very well could have been past tenants. And just because you have a letter from a therapist and needs to register as a support animal doesn't make you a good animal owner. No, 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 absolutely not. But I'm just saying that it's not like it's not like you have to go to an actual doctor, doctor. Right. No, or actually have a true need for it because I know I know another person who wanted to take their animal with them because they didn't have anybody to watch them when they were flying. So they did the same thing just so that they could fly and then they just found an airline that would let them. Right. Wow. And, and airlines are no longer legally, like for a long time, airlines did allow them. Most airlines no longer do. Good. So regardless of how you feel about them, love them, hate them, or you really don't care as long as they don't affect you directly. In today's society, it seems nearly impossible to avoid some sort of encounter with an emotional support animal and their owner. We've all heard of unique and, by most standards, bizarre emotional support animals. Now, a few that I found in the headlines just recently, but I still struggle to wrap my head around, include a kangaroo. What? A peacock. No. A squirrel. A snake. A spider. A goose. And how about a goldfish? Yes, who has a memory of what, 2.3 seconds? The list is vast. There are so many more. Seriously, I feel like you could every single day find a new headline about somebody and their bizarre emotional support animal. But today we're here because of one specific emotional support animal. He's been making headlines for several years now, especially in Pennsylvania. So let's meet Wally, the emotional support alligator. I wish you could see Mary's face right now. <laughs> we all get support from wherever we need it. We shouldn't judge. Wally belongs to a man named Joe Henny. They live in Pennsylvania, not too far from York. Joe has an interesting life story, even before Wally entered the picture. You see, Joe is a longtime reptile rescuer with more than 30 years of experience. At one time, Joe had an outdoor hunting and fishing show that ran on ESPN Outdoor, as well as Fox and some other networks, and it ran from 1989 to 2000. Joe admits that from a young age, he's been an adrenaline junkie, chasing that high by riding bulls and catching alligators. Joe makes furniture in his spare time, and Joe admits openly and proudly that he is not normal. I think that it's entirely possible that who Joe is is what helps Wally to be who Wally is. This story, while it wouldn't be possible without Joe, is Wally's story. And like all good stories, it starts with once upon a time. Once upon a time, about seven years ago, Joe's phone rang. And on the other end was a friend of his, a fellow reptile rescuer. His friend lived in Florida and his question on that day for Joe was, do you want an alligator? Of course Joe wanted an alligator. What kind of a silly question was that? You see, Florida was struggling with an influx of gators, and they were working on finding humane solutions. Just killing alligators because they were where humans wanted to be isn't cool. I mean, that's their natural habitat. We're the ones invading their space. Right. Now, this particular situation that the friend was reaching out to Joe about involved a construction project that was being held up by a pond full of alligators. Shouldn't have decided to build there. They needed to be removed and relocated, or they needed to have homes found for them. And finding a home for a gator, well, 
that seems like a call you would make to a zoo or a sanctuary. But today, today Joe was one of the calls. Joe was immediately on board. It wasn't long before Joe was the proud and happy owner of a small alligator. Joe named the gator Wally. They estimate that Wally was about 14 months old when he was removed from that pond. He was only about 20 inches long. Joe brought him home to Pennsylvania with him and started to make him a part of the family. It should be noted that it is not illegal to own an alligator in Pennsylvania. It is, however, illegal to release them into the wild there. And as of August 2021, at least 25 alligators have been found loose in Pennsylvania in the last 20 years. Now, Wally obviously isn't like a dog or a cat. And at first it was rough, really rough, to have Wally there in the house. Yes, in the house. Not outside in an enclosure, not in the garage, right there in the family home. Wally was afraid. He was afraid of everything, which makes sense. This isn't the life that he knew, and it's not the life that's natural for him. Wally snapped at everything and everybody, and Joe spent time, a lot of time, and a lot of love and a lot of patience with Wally to help him adjust. Wally emptied out and claimed a kitchen cabinet as his territory. Soon he was following them around the house. Joe recognized quickly, though, that Wally was not like any alligator he'd ever come across before. Wally acted more like a dog or a person than an alligator. He was no longer scared. There was no anger. There was no aggression. And he didn't try to bite anyone. In fact, Wally refuses to bite. Now, Joe, at some point, was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and he really began to struggle. While he was undergoing treatment, Wally was a source of comfort to him. He brought Joe peace, he brought him joy, and he brought him happiness. And when Joe began to struggle with depression, his doctor wanted him to go on to antidepressants. But Joe didn't really want to go on to antidepressants. He'd heard a lot of not-so-great things about him. So in the end, the doctor knowing how much joy and comfort Wally provided to Joe, wrote a letter to help Joe register Wally as an emotional support animal. Today, Wally is four and a half feet long. Wally is afraid of cats. He likes to have his head rubbed, and when you rub his head, he will close his eyes, content and happy at seems. He crawls into Joe's bed at night, where he steals the blankets and the pillows. And during the day, he tries to drag the blankets off the bed, into his 300-gallon pond in Joe's living room. He still claims that kitchen cabinet as his spot, too. How does he even fit in there anymore? I don't know. His favorite snack? Cheese puffs. Even I can't resist a good cheese puff, though, so who are we to judge? Wally gets dressed up in clothes from time to time. He wears sunglasses. He wears bow ties. He walks on a leash. He roots around in the kitchen cupboards, and he knocks over the garbage can. And he likes to lounge in his pond watching TV. He really enjoys Gator Guys, Swamp Boys, and The Lion King. I love Gator Guys. <laughs> but when Wally isn't stealing blankets, when he isn't watching TV or eating cheese puffs, Wally is out in the world. He brings joy and comfort to others who need it. You see, Joe wants to share his emotional support animal with others who could use a little love too. Wally visits senior centers local parks. He goes to parades and festivals. He's been to minor league baseball games. 
He works with a lot of special needs children and adults. He attends school functions, birthdays, graduation parties. He goes to diners. He goes to art galleries. He attends charity events. And yeah, he's available for almost any event for a small hourly fee. Not all of the money that they raise through Wally is used to help feed the hungry. Wally sees people as companions, not food. He has never tried to bite anyone. He loves to be held and he loves to be hugged. He loves back rubs and he will turn his nose to you for a kiss. It often looks as though he is smiling. Wally has been on Good Morning America, CNN, and more news channels than I could easily count. Now this year, the cover of the Pennsylvania Department of Aging Benefits and Rights booklet features a photo of Wally. Joe told CNN that he is proud that Wally can put a smile on people's faces because this world is rough enough already. If you look up pictures of Wally and you think that he seems familiar, it may be because Wally was the inspiration for the design of Alligator Loki on Disney+. There's an annual birthday party held every year for Wally with free activities and family fun. And this year, you could swim with Wally for a donation to charity. Now, Wally isn't done growing. He could grow to be as long as 16 feet. Gators grow for their entire lives. He could live for 55 to 80 years. Wally isn't the lone alligator in the house anymore, though. He now has a friend, a two-year-old gator that they call Scrappy. And in spite of that, Joe just wants people to know that alligators do not make good pets. Wally is currently, as of when we're recording this, in the running to win America's favorite pet. The winner will win $10,000 in a two-page spread in a magazine. And he is currently in first place. They have narrowed it down to the top 10. And he is still in first place as of this morning. Voting is free. It can be done every day on the website. And if you want to buy more votes, you can. And then the money goes to help animals in need. So Wally has a Facebook page. He has a TikTok account. And he has more than 69,000 followers. And if you loved Wally's short story here, you can always learn more about his life and his adventures. And you can follow him on social media. Wow. Lynn's very quiet over there. Her just, lips are moving, want, but nothing's I coming out. I want to be all positive, but I just keep thinking stories like this make people think owning alligators and crocodiles is okay. Yep. Well, and Even though that's not to. They're like, oh, look, Wally's all swimming with alligators. Now, yeah, like I, I said, keep in mind that Joe has done alligator and reptile rescue for 30 years, and Joe is the first person to tell people that alligators are not pets. I know, but people don't listen. They see it, and they're like, oh, how cute, how fun. Yeah. I love yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. And, and because I work in the public, I have some very strong feelings about emotional support animals, but uh, I just thought that was a really interesting little story. It is. It is. So real quick, Hannah. Yeah. You have strong feelings. Tell. Because I think we should share our opinions on these kind of things. What is your feeling? I think that for people who genuinely need them, that emotional support animals can be a great thing. However, I think that it is abused and taken <clears throat> advantage of, and we have problems with it at my business. See, my business isn't a typical grocery store. It's not a typical health store. We have a deli, which means we have to be inspected by the food inspector which means that you can bring a service animal in 
health department says you can't bring an emotional support animal in. And we have that argument with people all the time. Yeah, good. All the time. And in order to keep customers happy, we have to find a very fine line. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I get it. You might need it at home, but why do you have to take it everywhere with you? Yes. Yeah. I, I, that, that part, I don't quite understand. So I, I, unfortunately for a lot of people that I have encountered at my own place of business, they bring them because they want to bring them with them, regardless of where they go. Right. No, and I get it. And probably most of them got their things online. I mean, I think it's yes. just a hugely. Really they, we've had them bark and snap and growl at other people. And yeah, that's not an emotional support animal. Well, they the thing be, is, an emotional should... support animal doesn't have to have any kind of training yeah. to interact with other people or the other animals. Thing is, this animal keeps me from losing my shit when I'm anywhere. That's, you know, what that animal is. It makes me happy. It makes me, it's like a stuffed animal, a whoopee, you know? Yeah. I can't go anywhere without my stuffed rabbit, my little whoopee. I have to have it with me all the time. Okay, great. Well, now it's, I have to have this living, breathing creature with me all the time. So, yeah, yeah I'm not, I don't know. It, it's, I, I have a hard time with that also. I just, yeah. So our local farmer's market has put up signs and they have posted repeatedly on their Facebook page that unless you have a registered service animal, your animal is not welcome at the farmer's market because they've oh, had people know that. Yes, because even on a leash, because they've had too many people bring their animals down there and animals have snapped or gone after other people or gone after other animals. Right. Because gotcha. people, no, people don't think with, about that. I, I used to go down with my dogs because my dogs were well enough behaved. Well, if your dogs to me, good. if your dogs are well behaved, that's one thing, but some people just take them because they want to take them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you might have a snappy dog, but they don't even consider that. Yeah, that's not yeah. important. No, I get it. You yeah, can't so, tell me what to do. So our local farmers market, they do have signs up that say no animals allowed. And they have posted it repeatedly on Facebook and other social media that unless it is a registered service animal required for a disability, it is not allowed down there. And that's yes, that has caused some serious, serious oh, backlash. It would because yeah. people are so freaking entitled. Their attitude is that it is an open air market and therefore their dogs should be allowed. But it's to me not any different than there are beaches that don't allow you to have your animals. There are parks. I mean, you're taking your animal around the public. Yes. If your animal yeah. is not well behaved around other people, he doesn't belong there. And I think one of the things that a lot of people don't think about is if your animal we will just say that Mary and I go to the farmer's market. And somebody brings their dog down there, whether it's a Chihuahua or a Rottweiler or a Poodle or a Great Dane makes no difference. You bring your animal down there and it bites me. I have every legal right to sue the bejesus out of you. And oh, I will. Right. And I will. And people don't stop to think about not only the risk that they're putting others at, but the risk they're putting themselves at. People don't think that's part of the problem. They just don't think. Yeah. Well, I don't, it's not, I, I honestly, I don't think it's that people don't think we have become a society of me and my rights over everybody else. Yeah. I don't care. It's not ask me what 
I can do for my country. It's ask my country what it can do for me. It's all about the individual rights now. That's we've become a society of me, 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 me people. Yes. You're right. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Where I am the most important entity, regardless of everyone around me. And there's, you know, I get it. There's, there's a happy medium. I don't want to live in a country where I have to, you know, give service every day to my country if I don't believe in stuff, but there is a flipping happy medium. And yes. we have passed yeah. that happy medium and gone. Yeah. All the way to the other side. You're right. Well, and you have to look at it from the city's perspective. They own the farmer's market. They own the land, the farmer's market on. If they don't continually post this and put up signs and say, you can't have your dog, you can't have your dog, you can't have your dog. If someone gets bit, are they then also bring themselves up also. for liable? Yeah. yeah. And not. here's the thing, the people who don't listen, though, I mean, then because they don't listen, they bring their dogs down. That then makes all the people who say something, who are willing to say something, you've got some jerk who knows, here's the rule, I'm going to break it. It, it creates like a really bad thing because I think uh, yeah, like, it's an atmosphere that person's going to be like, you can't tell me what to do. What are you going to do about it? Well, and unfortunately in today's society, a lot of people have become afraid to say anything because you don't know what that other person is going to do and yeah. how they're going to react. Yeah. Yes. And you have to weigh. Is me saying, hey, you shouldn't have your dog here. It is against the rules and your dog just snapped it at, you know, my four-year-old. Is that worth potentially putting your life on the line? Right. And Brendan and I, my husband, the man who shall remain nameless, and I have that conversation because behind our house, right behind our fence is a huge area. It's like a mile by a mile or whatever. It's a whatever, but it's... um. It's a very large area. It's a desert landscape and it's got some water ponds and stuff in it. And it was, it's owned by our water place that does retention ponds to put water back in the ground. So it's owned by someone. It's not city property. It is private property, but we have two things. We have people who think that that area automatically means I'm going to have to put my dog on a leash. And they also, even though it's marked no motor vehicles back there because it's so dry and dusty back there and it kicks up so much dust you have people and i when i'm back there with my dogs i constantly stop people i'm like your dog needs to be on a leash and brennan gets really mad because he's like you don't do that you don't know they could have a gun on their hip and they could get pissed and shoot you but uh yep i'm not willing to keep my mouth shut i'm just not willing to because you know my last dog had seizures when he got scared and a dog running at him would make my dog break into a seizure and he'd lay there and flop in the dirt having a seizure. And this dog freaks out that I have now. So it just makes me really mad. And I'm like, no, I'm not willing to be quiet. I, I'm never willing to, to not say, put your dog on a leash or the people who are ripping through with their quads or their motorcycles. That's not okay. I live here. You're kicking up dust in our backyard. So, yep, it's it's a huge problem. It really is. And yes, I on one hand, I understand and I agree with people who really truly need these animals. But on the other hand, I believe it's been abused to the point of detriment. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I would too. All right. Wow. Good conversation, ladies. Yeah. Tell us what you guys think. Yeah. Do you have one? Do you need one? Does it make you crazy? 
Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, to everyone who joined us today. Thank you. Thank you. If you're new, welcome. If you've been with us since the beginning, thanks for sticking around. Oh, yeah. Year three. Year three. Have a fantastic day. We love you guys. Bye. That's right. Stay mischievous. Goodbye. We here at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. Really appreciate the time you spent with us today. Hopefully you learned something unusual today. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know or at tmsidntk at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at tmsidntk, which are the initials for the title. Suggestions, ideas, comments, corrections, send them our way. We take them all. If you enjoyed your short stop with us, please feel free to follow the podcast. Leave us a rating and review. That lets us know how we're doing and helps others to find us. This podcast is hosted by a couple of sisters who research, write, and edit their own stories. All other editing and production is done by Mary Swartz, and the original artwork was created by Hannah Green. In the shadow of the city, when the days have disappeared, some might say it's sort of gritty, full of faces to be feared. But there are wonders that are waiting underneath the midnight sky. We got the stars illuminating. It's a place for you and I. A little space for you and I. At the top of the world.